What's up, guys? Super excited to let you know that we're now releasing transcripts of the podcast. It's linked in the podcast description. You can also find it on LinkedIn at Danny Langloss in our documents section. If you're not following us on LinkedIn, please do. We're releasing leadership content daily, really driving a ton of engagement. It's our main platform. If you haven't already for the podcast, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Please give us a rating or a review. That really helps us reach more people organically. Thank you very much. Let's get after it. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss. Today, I am joined by my great friend, Andre Williams. Couldn't be more excited about this conversation I met Andre and become really good friends with them through LinkedIn. Uh, if you're not following us on LinkedIn, make sure to do that right away where I listen to the podcast, go to the app. If you're not on LinkedIn, what an incredible professional development network. I know people think of it as like looking for jobs and stuff, which is that's out there in business, but the professional development and the growth that's available there is just awesome. Uh, we've been supporting each other daily now, like I said, for about a year. And I just love his mindset. I love his content. The depth of it. Andre is a businessman, entrepreneur, philanthropist. He's the co-founder, the CEO of Nimbulous, which is a high growth software company that's transformed the way organizations work together to enable workforce agility and engagement. You know, what I really admire, I guess, the most about Andre is his servant leadership mindset, his commitment to the team, the way he cares about people, his humility. And he's created a great team over at Nimbulous. He recently released several articles on LinkedIn, which really precipitated this conversation. Articles titled Reality Check, People Profit Purpose, Respect, Small World, Big Impact. And, you know, I just fell in love with a lot of the things he was talking about. And because it's more short form, we're like, hey, let's take a deeper dive into this. And he's gracious enough to do it this today. So, Andre, welcome to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Well, thank you, Danny. It's a pleasure. And it's a pleasure to know you. I'm, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to do this and, and chat with you more. Yeah, well, the, the honor is all mine. Uh, you're, just, you're just a great guy. To know you is just to like you. And what you're doing at Nimbulus and the team you've created there, it's just impressive. And I've always been in admiration of entrepreneurs. You know, I've been in the govern- government sector my whole life. And when you're an entrepreneur and you create a company and you put it out there and you put your money into it, you're putting it on the line, you know, the success or failure is based on that. And so, you know, why don't you talk to us about being an entrepreneur and really just a little bit about your journey, the creation of Nimbulus. Um, just, just fill us in. What is Nimbulus? Nimbulus. Well, Nimbulus is we're going through a brand change right now to Optivo and Nimbulus started out as a, it's just an idea Actually, I'll tell you the whole story. I don't know if we have enough time for it, but let's get after it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was I was I was suffering from stage four cancer at the time. And I have I had a friend who would often chemo was just was just devastating, really, really hard. And and I had the the cocktail, I think it's the worst one you could you could ever have to endure in chemo. Nothing cancer related is fun, but 
in this case, it was just devastating my brain. And I had a friend who would often just call me and, and challenge me with things to do. Just, uh, he had a, a software development company he said, he would often say, Andre, help me solve this problem. What would you do if this occurred, that occurred? And pretty soon every week I was looking forward to solving something, at least thinking I solved something. I don't even think I could have spelled my name at that time. It was so bad. And one of the things I came up with at that time, I had a time and attendance company. Uh, my background is staffing. And through staffing, one of the things I disliked the most was my back office. You know, all the things, all the manual processes and tracking time, making sure payroll was correct. So, you know, at some point in my career, I was always hoping and wondering if there was a way I could simplify that process. And of course, as that occurred, pretty soon I learned in simplifying the process, all the, the technology I had in my back office, all that technology stacking, I thought there's got to be another way. I'm not understanding how software is making my life any easier, you know? So that's how Nimbleus began, right there with that thought. And that and my partner, uh, David, we were all having dinner. And David says, you know, you know, at this point, we're looking at each other. And I'm grateful just to still be here at that point. You know, I'm at the end of my chemo treatment. And I can actually go outside of my home, you know. So... He was just saying to me, Andre, we've been friends forever. You know, we should do something together. And at this point, I'm telling him, I'll never do software again. This is probably the reason why I have cancer. I'll never touch it. But you two guys, this is why we're here. We're going to, I'm going to help you guys do something together. And David is just an outstanding person. If you look at when I think my first article, first post, first, second, or third, I speak about our friendship, right? So anyway, long short, we decided we wanted to do something as friends that not only could help people who are working every day outside of the home, spending the time trying to take care of their families. And you know, the trade-off in, in being a provider and taking care of your family is not having time all the time to spend with your family, right? Yep, yep. So we wanted to accomplish that. We wanted to do something together as friends, and we wanted to do something that allowed people who would, who would go on this journey with us to build this company. We wanted, we wanted to do something that would change their lives as well, right? So that was, that was it. And, and it just basically started out as a, what can we do? to eliminate the hard work of working and give people time in their lives to spend with their families. That's, that's why they're working. So, so we came up with Nimbulus. We've been doing this now for six years. And, you know, we've just had, it's like any startup, technology startup. Sometimes you're in the right spot. Sometimes you're not. We were fortunate enough. It's almost just been a blessing. Everything we've done, I've just sort of looked around and told David, 
some something else is going on because I am not this smart, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think and, one of the one of the things I love about you is you understand that as a leader, you don't have to have all the answers. You understand the power of team and you, yeah. you know how to surround yourself with, with great people. Yes. Yes. And, and there you have it. That was it. You know, it, it, it started with the idea, great friends, you know, David. Um, I, I always believe things happen for a reason, better for worse. You know, you just don't know. I mean, having cancer, you know, at the time, I'm sitting around just, you know, not feeling well going, what did I do to deserve this? But at some point, you just got to stop thinking about why. But what am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to help somebody else learn from this experience? And, you know, from that experience, I think and believe what we have as a product is going to help a lot of people. I think and I know for a fact that experience and the time I spent thinking on what could I have done different to have more time in my life and enjoy my life, take the time to notice the color of the flower. You know, we walk every day and see nice, beautiful things. How many times have you looked at the sunset? Wow, that's a nice sunset. Keep running and driving, right? Yeah. And because you have to be someplace, it's something you have to do. So I think we have a product. I believe we have a product that's really simple that allows people to get time back in their life when they're doing their work, which is, which is collaborative work management. Except our twist on it is, you know, when you think about what you do to get work done, it's, it's this, it's that, it's a, it's a project. But most of all, it's the process that gets you to the project, that gets you the outcomes. Well, we all know what collaboration is, and we, we've all heard of other collaboration companies, but our focus is more on bringing that technology of co collaboration to the process. All the things you do, all the people, all the vendors, all the people on your team that you need, that you're speaking with and working with in that process to get that work done. And that, my friend, is where most of our time is spent doing it over or thinking about it at night, not taking the time to notice that flower or that sunset. But with us, it's all right there. That entire process is collaborative. And it's amazing. You say five minutes here, 10 minutes there. You add that up over an eight-hour day. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Andre, how many team members do you have? At this point, we have 10. Awesome. 10 team members. So one of the things, I think this ties in well, because when we were talking recently, you talked to me about the power of humility and how powerful humility is. And you mm -hmm. explained that you grew up in the sixties, you grew up yes. in the South. Yes. Uh, you then transitioned and moved a little more towards out West. Yes. And, and I, and I believe it. I want you to kind of take this over here in just a second, as you were battling and beating cancer, by the way, because you look absolutely amazing. I'm not going to tell you how old Andre is, but you'd never believe it. He looks absolutely amazing. Sharp as a whip, is more creative and innovative than ever. Um, but, but as you were battling cancer, stage four cancer and beating it, there's this realization about the power of humility. Yeah. So can you talk about this realization and, and tie that in a little bit in the conversation we had the other day about 
like, like your experiences in life and how you've come to that and why it's so kind of like, tell us what humility is to you and then talk about that. Well, humility to me is, is humble, you know, just being humble, accepting and understanding you are who you are for better or for worse. You're who you are. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. And as a matter of fact, if you are a good person, and I like to think all of us are good people, but sometimes we don't know who that person is because possibly for some reason we don't want to share it. But, you know, what I learned when you're ill, you got a lot of time to think about everything, right? And growing up in the 60s, I had a lot of time to think about why I was treated differently from anyone else anyway. But you know, as we live through life and hopefully learn through the things and lessons of life, at some point, it all comes down to one simple thing. And not only knowing who you are, but being okay with who you are. And to be okay with who you are, if you believe in it, you should share it and you should allow others to share it as well. Humility, and if you embrace humility, you understand it's okay to not always be right. It's okay to admit you're wrong. It's okay to tell someone how much you appreciate them. It's not a sign of weakness. My team, for example, there's, of course, I'm the founder, CEO. There's not, I tell my team members all the time, I don't have the answers, I hope you do. There's not one person in our organization that's more important than the other. You can't have success. One person can't have success without everyone else fulfilling and sharing that success. Humility, if you embrace humility, it allows you to share who you are, that that respect I was speaking about, the dignity of, of, of who that other person is and allowing them to feel empowered to do the same. So you, you, you just have to, you just can't be afraid of being who you are. I, there's so many ways I can define humility, but it's, it's what I feel. It's what everyone I think feels, but for some reason we block that feeling and we don't want to share it for baggage in our lifetime growing up. But at some point we have to embrace all of that and not look at it as something bad, but something that makes us better. Yeah, what you just described is is probably some of the most powerful connection builders, trust builders, right? The the fact if if is if the leader can display humility, if the leader can say I don't have all the answers, if the leader can be non-judgmental, can be accepting, if the leader leader can empower others to share their ideas in a very safe place. Uh, knowing that they don't look at the leader as this perfect person that I can't make a mistake, but they're the leader side by side with them, just like them. What a powerful environment. What a powerful culture. And I was, as I was thinking about the topics we're going to talk about today, the, the things that you're sharing and, and going to continue to share are going to have to do with driving employee engagement, driving creativity, driving innovation, driving high-performing teams, driving positive culture. And you set that tone 
as the leader by it's okay to display humility. It's okay yeah. to be human. It's okay to have faults and loving and embracing yourself for all of you. And if we as individuals can love and embrace ourselves and not judge ourselves and show kindness to ourselves, then we can do that for other people. But it all starts with this power of humility. When you described this to me, when we talked, I thought, wow, that's really powerful. As leaders, we all have to look in the mirror and see, are we, are we demonstrating humility and are we releasing the full power and potential of it? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not often I'm speechless and what you just said not only makes me speechless, it even chokes me up because, you know, that's Danny, that's it. That's it. I mean, you know, when, when you, when you're with people and as you work with people and as you get to know people, you know, what ties that friendship and that bond is that level of trust, but it's that feeling, that connection. And that's based on the trust, that humility is not something I should be ashamed of, you know? Absolutely. No shame, no uncertainty, no fear, no doubt, no judgment, right? Yeah. Just we can show up to be who we really are. We don't Uh, have to pretend we're somebody else when we walk through the doors at work. We can show up as our true authentic selves and showing up as your true authentic self is so powerful and it is just an incredible quality that you bring to the table every time yes. you show up. And that example <laughs> gives other people permission to do that as well. The humanness of that is important. So that, that ties into a little transition here. So I, I love it. And as I, as I started to understand this power of humility more as we talked about it, 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 it funneled into this article you released called Reality Check. And yeah. you start by saying, if, if you're a leader who believes you have it all together, and you were at the top of your game, you may be offended by this article. And this is a really bold statement that just drew me in. Can you share your inspiration for this article and why you made this statement? Well, you know, being at the top, right? Sometimes we're so driven by that vision of what we, what we see, what we want to do. And, and that's great, right? That's, that's why we're all here. And that's why the team is there. But sometimes you aren't always right. Sometimes, sometimes what you thought you were going to do, the person you least expect says, you know, since, since for one, Andre, I believe you're who you say you are. That's reality check, right? I'm gonna tell you what I really think. You may not be right. And guess what else? I really, Andre, don't even like the product because I think you're going about it the wrong way. Now, okay, tell me why, right? So that that reality check pretty much was, we don't always have the answers. We aren't always, just because we're at the top, right? We aren't always maybe... Maybe we're drinking our own Kool-Aid and we need to make pivots and adjustments where that team, if, if, if you trust your team and you believe in that team and you believe in what you're doing and the product you're developing is to support others, okay, 
that's okay. It's, it's okay to listen. It's okay to sometimes just ask yourself, are we doing the right thing always? Whether it's policy, whether it's transparency, whether it's, it's just how we treat each other in the organization, you know? It's okay to stop and ask the question. It's nothing wrong with someone sometimes asking you if this is okay and just listen. They might, they might be wrong. You might have to tell them, no, no, I don't agree. But you had the conversation. Absolutely. When, so as I read this article, and I love the way you just brought that together and the purpose and inspiration for it, one of the things I took away from it was becoming the boss, like a, a formal leadership role, right? And I, I think there's a big distinction between a boss and a leader, but becoming a boss isn't a destination. And I right. took away from your article the the we've always got to maintain that growth mindset. We've always got to be trying to get 1% better every day. And the reality check, we don't always have the right answers. We're not always right. Right. right? And, and, you know, those who go it alone, you know, that, that's a, that, that's not a path to greatness. That's not a, a path to great teams, to great organizational culture, to organizational excellence. The other thing it made me think of as I thought about growth mindset was commitment to excellence. And as leaders, I believe we've always got to be committed to excellence. That's why the name of the podcast is leadership excellence. And we got to realize like excellence isn't a destination. It's a place we can visit from time to time. There's no arrival. There's no top of the ladder. And I, I also started thinking about those things too in the reality check article. Anything you want to yeah. comment on from that uh, before? Because I'm going to, the next thing I want to talk about is disconnect um, and yeah. the elephant in the room that you spoke about. Yes. So excellence. You know, excellence is, is for me, what, what, what I always push my team is to be the best you can be. I can't define for them what's excellence we collectively try to create excellence. And the only way we can have that is everyone drive every day to be the best they can be. Every day, let's try to be better the next day and the day after. And, you know, embrace what that feels like because it's fun at that point. You know, when you come to work and when you look at everyone and they're looking at you and we're all smiling because we're gonna make this the best day better than yesterday better than the day before that, to be the best we can be, that's excellence right there. Who does not want to work for a company like that? Who does not get fired up when, when they hear that? And the question for leaders as we look in the mirror and face some of that reality check is, yeah. are we creating that? Are we committed to bringing that to life for our team? How much time are we spending focusing and, and creating this environment for our people? And, and, oh, Danny, think about this. Sometimes you wake up and you don't feel excellent. You know, you don't, you're not having that good day. And, and you know, you don't want to show up and at least I don't want to show up faking it. But, you know, I tell you, again, humility. I show up sometimes, it's all over my face. And they can tell he's not having a good day. And because... We're a team, a true team. You know, they help me feel better. They bring me up. We support each other, you know? So it's, 
if the whole world could be that way, imagine what that would be like. Wow. And, and you know, and that's the whole objective. That's what I learned growing up in the 60s, watching so many unnecessary things, experiencing so many unnecessary things. It just drove home to me. I can't expect or ask someone to be something I can't be. I can't judge or determine what's good for someone else if it's not good for me. So let's first start looking at myself in the mirror. What can I do to be a better person? And when I see people, encounter people who for some reason are determined to eliminate how I feel about myself, what can I do potentially change the way they see themselves so they can treat me differently? in turn, feel differently about themselves. And, you know, you can't fix anyone and you can change no one, but at least in my world, and because I am the leader of my organization, I can at least believe and empower everyone who I'm in contact with. If this is where they want to work, this is how we're going to work together. Absolutely. Established values, established purpose, alignment, clear expectations, agreement to those. Real quick, and I just want to touch on this briefly because I want to jump into the four critical healthy dynamics of teams that you'd written about. But you were talking about that elephant in the room, especially in bigger organizations. And this is where humility is a big thing too, right? Like what, what is that elephant in the room? Well, sometimes... You know, your C-suite, sometimes as leaders, we're the problem. You know, that's the elephant in the room. And sometimes we don't want to recognize that. Sometimes, sometimes we aren't doing the things we should have done. Sometimes we've misrepresented our intentions and our actions. They just don't match up. So in a nutshell, that was it. You know, it's just... Again, you know, do what you say, say what you mean. Walk the talk. Absolutely. Walk the talk. You know, it's yeah. funny. Uh, one of the things that we talk about quite a bit, and I was just coaching somebody on this the other day when they called. And in, in fairness, the, the other side of this problem, they were wrong and their reaction was wrong. But the first question we got to ask ourselves as leaders is what part of the problem am I? And until we eliminate ourselves from the, the problem, which there were some things that we were part of the problem, um, we can't, we cannot go and talk to somebody else about their part of the problem. We've got to own our part first. And by doing it, everybody's guard comes down and then you're right. able to, to work through it and, and solve that, that issue and that problem. So Andre, what, what are the four critical healthy dynamics in leadership regards to creating great teams? I really like these four things that you'd laid out. Okay, you, you know, Danny, I, since those four things were written, I came up with some others. I was thinking about it, right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, let's and go. You know what? I wrote them down, and now I'm not going to find them, but that's okay. Uh, I'll just wing it. I'll, you know, honesty, right? Yeah. Honesty. That's, that's, you got to have honesty. And, and then, oh, oh, oh okay. And, and I, I've already spoken about these, but, you know, honesty and trust. And then inclusivity, include everyone within the organization. No one can be left out. And then 
since I'm in the a SaaS model organization, customer service, right? I'm always, I'm always, anytime anyone calls us or we're speaking to anyone, everybody, you know, software is just I's and O's, ones and zeros, however you want to define it. It's not something you can touch. It's not something you can smell. It's not like what the human senses need, but what we share and how we, how we express how we feel, all of that is important. Someone calls you for who knows whatever reason, my software didn't come up, I didn't turn on my computer properly, whatever it is, make them feel good about why they called. Help change their day if they're having a bad day, because obviously when they're calling you, it's about to not be a good day, right? <laughs> yeah. So that, that, those, those were the additional items that, that I thought of, I wanted to share. I don't, I don't know, Danny, sometimes I get a little too worried. So. No, 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 I love it. No, I absolutely love it. You know, some of the things that resonated with me that you kind of work through, like being active, being involved, mentoring, you talked about the honesty and, and transparency, but you said above, above all else, communicative. Why above yes. all else communicative? You know, if you don't, you know, we, we've spoken about humility, right? If you don't communicate, you can't share. If you aren't sharing, if, if the sharing isn't initiated with, with a word, with a sentence, no one's sharing, there's not true communication. And if that communication isn't true or transparent, what are you really accomplishing? You're just posturing, right? And you know, Danny, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing my words because I don't want to go on a, a, a tirade again, speaking about such big words. And communication is the key to everything, you know? I mean, communication is just where it starts, you know? Just the choice of words we use. Um, one of the things I try not to do when I'm communicating, I try not to use words such as don't or not good, you know, you know, just, just little things. Um, if, if someone is upset, I, I, it, just all in the way, the selection of words and, and how we posture and position those words, how we communicate draws out the real issues sometimes whether it's a real problem or it's not a problem. It just, it's just what solves any issues within an organization, within our lives, you know? I mean, relationships, the key to a, a relationship is communication. No matter how much you feel about your team or, or whoever it is you're in love with in your life, your pet, I mean, pets don't even speak words but they learn how to communicate with us and they make us feel good. Why can't we do that with each other in the workplace, in our lives, in the world? It's just communication is where that starts and where it ends. So, so it's really about being intentional. When I hear you talk about this, it's being intentional and it's not just the spoken word. It's the unspoken word. It's the body language. It's your eyes. It's your smile. Um, it, it's your presence. 
all yeah. of those things. It, one of uh, my favorite sayings I talk about a lot is knowledge is power. Communication is key. I believe one of our most powerful leadership tools is proactive communication. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know that I've ever consulted with or worked with an organization where people, when I did one-on-one said, there's just too, com- too much communication around here. I'm tired of knowing what's going on, right? It's always the opposite. And this communication builds the trust. It's respect. It lets people know they're valuable. lets them know they're cared for. You talked about inclusiveness. It lets them know they're included and involved. It tells them they belong. It, it makes them, it takes away uncertainty, which eliminates fear and really uh, as a result creates psychological safety. And so I just really liked that. And it really resonated with me as I was, as I was looking through that. The, the other thing you talked about was welcoming feedback from others, whether positive or negative. How do you condition yourself to take negative feedback? <laughs> How do I condition myself? I never thought of it as a conditioning. You know, it... it if you want to be the best you can be every day, you aren't going to have perfect days. And when you, when I speak about the elephant in the room, again, if you want to be better, and if you want to include the people within your organization, if you're transparent and you believe in who you are, you embrace that humility, it's, it's not an issue. I mean, I guess, in some situations, you have to be a little brave, right? Right. <laughs> sometimes you don't always want to hear the truth, but it makes you better. But I think you're a, you're a rare breed in that you are so humble. You are so committed to doing the best job you can in service to your people. But when when I if somebody listening is like why did he why did he word it like that when he was talking about the feedback it's because most people have a very difficult time receiving that feedback especially if it's negative and if you're trying to create this open welcoming environment where you want the feedback the first time that we react negatively through our body language through the tone of our voice become defensive we've told our team members stop I'm not ready to hear this. Stop. And for you, I think this is something that comes very natural. So you haven't really thought about it because you're just good at it. But I think most leaders aren't. And that's why, and that's why I asked the question. But I think the reason you're so good at it is because you're so it's so founded in your humility. I tell you, it is, you know, reality check, right? So sometimes when I'm listening to something. I'm not so keen and interested in hearing, right? Because, uh-oh, this isn't going the direction I want, right? I'm, I, I often ask myself, you know, am I that humble? And it's not, a, it's, there is no wrong answer. There really is no right answer. It's just how it is. And what you do with that information determines what happens forever, right? What happens to your team? What happens to your organization? That energy that they're sharing and you're sharing with them, again, negative can turn into a positive or you can agree to disagree, but at least they were heard and at least what they had to say was honored. You respect and the dignity of, of honoring what they had to say doesn't mean you have to do it. But it was on the table. It's on the table. And who knows? 
whatever they were saying at some point down the road or maybe in the past, you just make an adjustment so that they don't have to feel that way. Or maybe your customer won't have to feel that way. You know, you just, I mean, we aren't speaking of a specific situation, but that's how I look at it. There, there is no right or wrong. It's just what we decide to do when we hear it. Let's transition into another word that you wrote about here recently. Um, and, and that word is respect. Um, you know, there's so much talk, Andre, around all kinds of strategies, you know, caring leadership, empowerment, employee engagement, trust, leading the whole person, which a lot of what we're talking about is really being dialed in, leading the whole person, emotional intelligence, so much more. But, but this word that you recently wrote about respect, why is respect and intentionally showing respect so important in the workplace? Without respect, you don't have a foundation to build on, right? You know, you have to, respect means, in that case, it was dignity. We all have dignity. I'm not speaking about ego. I'm not speaking about pride, because those sometimes get in the way. But every human being deserves the respect of dignity, right? So, you know, respect builds trust. Share trust. If I respect you, hopefully you respect me. We can disagree. We may not even like each other. And who knows why? Who knows why? But if we respect each other, we can still overcome so many things together, you know? And we need, I don't believe no one, anyone on the planet should or wants to really exist alone. But without respect, you are alone. And if you aren't sharing respect and no one's respecting you back because you can't respect them, you are alone. Yeah. No, I think, you know, so we we mentioned this and some people might listen and and say, yeah, respect. Obviously, we got to respect people. Well, I I work with a lot of people in a lot of different organizations. Uh, We've got a lot of partners and, and, and team members, you know, within the city and community partners. And the amount of disrespect that I see is rampant and the damage it causes to relationships and partnerships is for real. The damage it causes to morale, to employee engagement and overall quality of people's life is for real. Because when we respect people, or at least when we don't disrespect them, we don't disrespect their significance and their importance and their value. And so when, when you wrote this article, I thought to myself, like, there needs to be a real intentionality around this whole concept of respect. And it is a foundation builder of trust. Think about respect, trust first, the power of when you ask somebody for help, um, the trust builder that is. And then the, the last thing is the power of believing in somebody. And so I think those things are all very important, important trust builders. The, so what I want to wrap it up with is uh, I'm trying to prepare my words for this. So, so you talked about um, a, a comparison here and the shift in leadership. And it was in the article you wrote called People, Profit, Purpose. And you talked about the changing priorities of leadership. And I was really intrigued by your analogy with leadership and the technology shift between typewriters and computers. 
So can you please describe the analogy you were using and the comparison um, that you were that you were making there to bring across this critical point? Yeah, well, change. It's just simple change, you know. Sometimes we don't change is the hardest thing. We 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 like it the way we like it. And and sometimes we try to force each other to change. And you know, with with the typewriter and computer, change comes about regardless. And sometimes we don't have to force it. And sometimes if we're being stubborn or sometimes some leaders just don't want to accept how the world is evolving and changing, it's going to happen anyway. And, and, and for those who can't accept that, then potentially there might not be a place for them in this evolving world, right? So again, it comes back to humility, right? Because if we can embrace that and share whatever difficulties we're having with whatever it is, and we don't communicate that, and, and if we don't respect the people around us to, to trust them with that, what do we have? You know, it's just, it's tough. So Andre, what, what leadership style or what leadership traits are associated with the typewriter? <laughs> what leadership styles or traits associated well, with the- Because we were talking, so we were talking about like, we cannot lead the millennials and Gen Z the way that we led the boomers and the silent generation, right? And Gen X, depending on where they fall, you know, within that. And so these old outdated leadership styles of, you know, do as I say, not as I do, of power and control of micromanagement, you know, there, there's going to be early adopters to this caring leadership and empowerment and humility, right? And, and right. As, I, as I took it, and as we talked about the other day, like that, these, these new, this new way of leading, leading the whole person, 21st century leadership is that computer. And people are only going to be able to use the typewriter for so long and those styles, and then nobody is going to work for them. They're not going to be able to retain any talent. And so the depth of that analogy, I just thought was, was really awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I try not to speak about current events and things that, that we're speaking about today, but we see it every day, don't we? We hear about it every day. I, you know, when I'm interviewing uh, the, the, the Z, the, the Gen Z and, and, you know, and I'm a baby boomer, it's just amazing to me how quick they are. And at the same time, um, comparing them to the previous group, it's just, they get it. I don't even think they know what a typewriter is. And then on top of that, how quickly they, they just articulate and just get it done. And in the same breath, how concerned they are with the environment and, and that mindset of no, um, I will tell you what I think or I'm going to go. And it's just a great thing. You know, I mean, and for those leaders who can't accept that, again, where will they end up? Where will their companies end up? And if we don't all embrace that, where we, where will all of us end up? It's just, it's just the same circle, 
you know, it just comes back to that sharing and communicating. No, it does. You know, one of the things, so, so I was presenting in Boston at Harvard Middle School and um, I was talking about the millennials and I was talking about their ability to innovate and to create and adapt to change and their commitment to purpose and some of these social issues and how they can be some of the greatest members on our team. And after the presentation, after my speech was over, uh, a captain from a large police department out there came up and he said, uh, hey, I got to ask you a question. He said, do you really believe that crap you said about millennials? He used a different word. And I said, yeah, absolutely. But we've got to understand with the new generations, they're not going to walk in and just respect you because you have a title. They, they understand they've got to earn your respect, but you have to earn their respect as well. And this old style of leadership that I will say the typewriter, you got, re, you, you know, the boomers and even myself being on the higher end of Gen X, you came in and respected somebody because their position. Well, the times are changing. And so if we want to create these progressive, creative, innovative teams, if we want high levels of commitment, if we want discretionary effort, if we want loyalty, right? We've got to transition the way we lead. We've got to respect first. We've got to trust first. We've got to empower. We've got to understand what's important to our people. We've got to lead the whole person. And that really drove home in that shift. And those who are getting that right are seeing incredible benefits. And those that aren't will find themselves in the closet with the typewriters that have dust on them. Right, right. And you said it right there. We got working now. I, and I think, I, I think I read this someplace. This is the first time in the history of, of, of working man. We have bee boomers. We have uh, uh, Gen X. Um, God, I'm, millennials and Zs all working together yeah. to create greatness or, or life better than what we knew in the days of the typewriter. And it's tough. It's a challenge for everyone. But if we just took the time, right, and just communicated those differences and kept an open mind, that respect, that trust you were just speaking of, it can work. But it is a challenge. And I mean, it's, it's I tell you, you hear it, I hear it, we see it all the time. And everybody deserves that, that respect, right? To be heard yeah. and not to be judged for being different. Absolutely. What, what got us here won't get us there. Andre, do you have, what, what's one thought or, or one thing you want people to take away from our conversation today? Um, embrace humility. Uh, encourage respect, dignity, and communicate. Wow. It, it, it all comes together with communication, right? Starts with us, share, and then communicate, which is sharing. Wow. Yeah, embrace humility, demonstrate that respect, and communicate. Very powerful call to action. If we get those things right, those simple yeah. things, if we get them right, it changes everything. Andre, thank yeah. you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on and sharing just these incredible insights. I just, I just love, I just love who you are. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Danny. You, I tell you, I, it's, we've got to spend more time together. I got to come and see you. You've got to come and see me. 
I would love that. I want to get out to Denver. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It is. And it's springtime. We have wacky weather. So this is a perfect time. I'm twisting your arm now. All right. All right. We're going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to get this figured out. It's uh, Yes. Yeah, it won't be long before I can travel again, coming back from this ACL surgery. It's, it's going well. But uh, so, so today, you know, uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this reality check, this look in the mirror, there's no destination, right? We've really got to examine ourselves as leaders, what our intentions are, how we interact with our people. Are we leading the whole person? Are we stuck back in the days of the typewriter and the old school leadership? Or are we progressing now? Uh, to the computer and the iPads and the iPhone and and on the front edge of leadership and leadership strategies, just the power of putting people first, the the power of humility, the power of respect and the power of communicating. So many great takeaways. Intentionality is so important for us as leaders, as as we strive to get 1% better every day, as we strive to create the greatest impact that we can create uh, and leave the world a better place than we found it and leave our people better than, than when they came to us. If we can do that as leaders, I think we're doing a great job. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Consider giving us a rating or review. Helps us reach more people organically. And remember, always be committed to excellence.